0: Welcome to Multiversal Q. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And we're your guide to the multiverse. Now in podcast form. Yeah. We're also now on Facebook. And we have postcards. Yeah, the uh, postcards are actually really great. I got them printed up for extra space, which would have been uh, last weekend uh, by the time this was coming out. And if you want, I'm more than happy to send a postcard to you, even though they don't actually work as postcards. Nope. But we got 500 of them, so... Gotta do something with them. Exactly. This week we are going to be talking about the second arc of The Exiles, which came in issues number 3 and 4. And it was written by Judd Winnick, uh, penciled by Mike McCone, inked by McKenna with Canon, and colored by Transparency Digital. So basically this is going to be starting off the second story arc. We're at the conclusion of the first Earth arc, we have been traveled to the Trial of the Phoenix. Yes, yeah, so this is Earth 6449, and as I quickly point out, uh, this world has a slightly slower timeline than the worlds that they all came from, which explains why you can have these different timelines where events have happened or haven't happened. First, I think they could just just on with, you can travel in time. Yeah. I mean, it's a I it was weird line. that they were trying to, like, super put in, like, these hard, fast rules. hmm But uh, everyone's intimately familiar with the Trial of the Phoenix, except for Blink. And uh, when they find out that the mission is to kill Jean Grey, most of them are cool with it. Because I don't know if you've, like, read. I, I only found this out, actually, while reading this, which is when Jean Grey's trying to stop this missile, isn't it? She ends up getting uh, basically put into a cocoon in Jamaica Bay. Uh, No, it was. She was trying to hold the spaceship together as it was... Oh, that's it. uh, ...hurtling back to Earth. She had uh, taken the memory of how to pilot the ship from uh, space astronaut Peter Corbeau, and that got her what she needed. Yes. Yep. But yeah, basically she ends up in a cocoon at the bottom of the ocean. And uh, it's not actually Jean Grey who rises, it is the Phoenix, so that big old energy bird. Which then, I mean, with all these weird icons, that it makes, the travel Phoenix make no sense. But that's why we're happy to be in this universe where, hey, it is actually Jean Grey, and all you exiles, you better start covering yourself up with poop to hide from Wolverine scent Detection, because... I... Otherwise he's gonna find you wouldn't know really, why would he know who any of them are? Yeah, it does not make a lot of sense, because he wouldn't know Blink, he wouldn't know Nocturne, and if you come from another universe, would you smell exactly the same? I wouldn't think so. I mean, America's on the team, but I mean, America, he knows, is just a regular human. Yeah, he here she has fire powers. Mm-hmm. She is the Sunfire of her world. Yes. And the team is... Uh, all of a sudden, hesitant when they find out that, oh, yeah, you'll be killing the actual gene Grey. You're going to be killing Nocturne's Aunt Jean. Oh, no. Now we can't go through with those guys. got mm-hmm. to find a different way. And, then, uh, damn, t- off goes the Talisa, and that sends a mental projection all their heads, which is in nine days, the entire universe is going to be destroyed. First, she's going to kill the original X-Men, and then she's going to go on a rampage throughout everywhere else. So, you know what's going to make this scenario all the better? Disguises! <laughs> and their disguises are really confusing. I mean, Mimics makes sense. Yeah. I think mean, he turns basically all of his powers on. So he has the wings, he's got the claws, he's got the metal skin. And uh, Nocturne weirdly chooses to get a power that looks like a dragoness um, it's Captain Britain. And why would she need to be in a costume? No one's going to know who she is. Yeah, and even if Kurt sees her, it's Oh, she is another blue woman. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't do a good Kurt impression. No, no, you cannot. Mm Mm-hmm. And Morph looks like Zardoz meets Superman. He's got all this body hair over him. And uh, Mariko's a sexy cat lady? Yep. Which doesn't make sense, because she has her own costume that... You could just put a mask on, but if you got access to Shiar costume technology, you use that Shiar costume mm-hmm. technology to make horrible costumes. Yep, the Shiar mm-hmm. didn't really know what they were doing. Well, they except for bird people, <laughs> except for making really great costume machines. Yeah, and so we end up cutting to one of the classic Claremontian traditions the chill sesh. Yep. Uh, in a lot of the classic Claremont comics, you have these moments where you get to know the characters more before something really big happens. And so we get, uh... One of the big things, they start talking about, like, where they were during the actual trial of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we also get some, uh, backstory on Mariko. Yes. Basically, if she does not fix her own timeline, instead of just meeting fire, she will start to emit radiation, which is no-go for a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, that's. She pretty much turns into Firestar when she yeah. all of a sudden gave herself cancer. Agreed.
1: And uh, one of the big things that
0: bothered me was when Mimic starts talking about where he was during the Trial of Phoenix, he says he was a part of the Defenders. Which all of a sudden made. I realized like that makes absolutely no sense why he would have the powers of the original X-Men. Because, I mean, if we're going by what the 616 Defenders would have been at that time, I mean, we're talking Silver Surfer. Doctor Strange, the Hulk, and um, Valkyrie would have been a pretty big part member by that time, too, so it's just like, you basically could have had nine vulnerability from Valkyrie, the strength of the Hulk, you could have had all the cosmic power, like, half the cosmic power of the Silver Surfer, and you could have basically been a half ass Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, it's, uh... And it's like, if you switch that out for, like, maybe eye blasts, can he only control mutant powers, Maybe. Oh, I think it is only mutant powers. Yeah. Well, except that later on he uses the Phoenix powers. But it's still from Gene Grey, who is a mutant. So yeah, so I guess from that standpoint, yeah, it would be. It it raises questions, but either way, he's not choosing the best powers. I mean, he could have Magneto and... Charles? Yeah. Well, I guess Gene would have been more powerful at that time. And you could get whatever Apocalypse's powers are. Yeah. What are Apocalypse? I don't know, but uh, let's ignore that. Church because I was stolen Charles Xavier's powers from the previous universe because then he was more powerful, mm-hmm. and he had no uh, moral flaw. Nope. Moral morals, not moral flaws. He had plenty of moral flaws, and uh, the only moral flaw was flaws. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, mimic, Blink, and Nocturne finish their talk about where they were in the trial, and Nocturne's just really sad because she has to kill Aunt Jean. And, uh, she leaves the room, and Mimic's like, you better not talk to Nightcrawler. She's like, okay. Yeah. I want to see my daddy. And, uh, Mimic is having his own crisis of faith and emotional issues, because he had to kill, who was essentially his dad in that last universe. Yeah. And because he's also, at least in his universe, one of the early X-Men, too, he, too, was in love with Jean Grey. Well, yeah, and uh, he ends up handing leadership over to Link because, well, she doesn't have these emotional attachments. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got the Talos on her, likely for that reason, and her judgment has been pretty sound so far. It makes sense. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they would have just followed her judgment in the first one, they would have gone straight for Magneto rather than trying to free Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. And with this one, too, yeah, I mean, she doesn't have the emotional attachment of Jean Grey. Yeah, so she can straight up cut a bitch. Yep. And uh, Lincoln ends up leaving the room, and uh, Wolverine shows up. He's like, I smelled you through that poop you rubbed on yourself. Think I wouldn't recognize you, bub. And even though they weren't really best friends in this universe, in Mimic's own universe... Actually, they were. Well, no, not in... Or it was Similar. I guess well, in this one, Mimic was a good guy. Well, no, they knew each other, but Mimic sort of disappeared after that first arc when he got his butt kicked. X uh, man. Yeah, no, he had quit being a member of the Brotherhood. But back in Mimic's home universe, he and Wolverine were best bros. They were karaoke bros. They were drunk karaoke bros. What, what song do you think they'd sing? Well, I had a guess. I think it would be Red Headed Woman. by Bruce Springsteen. We're like, what else? mean is the boss. I mean, plus I mean, with their mutual love of Jean Grey, what else can they choose? Now I kind of want to imagine. Uh, I would love to see them getting drunk too, because they brought up the fact that since both of them had the healing the factor, doctor. it would take so much for them to get hammered. Would they just drink like ethanol, like or Probably. pure alcohol? For me though, it's just like, why does Mimic have to? takes so much longer. It's like, why wouldn't he just turn off his healing factor power? Yeah, it was just like for that night. If he knew that he was gonna go get, get hammered, I would just like be like, "Yo, Kurt, I want to buy your teleportation for the night so I can get drunk." But uh, and right. then he can port himself home, so this way they have a designated porter. That makes sense. Don't and drink and drive, kids. Or teleport. Yes. And so, uh, mimic knowing that he's going to have to explain stuff to Wolverine if Wolverine stays conscious. He decides to knock Wolverine out. Which he doesn't um, really do a great job at. No, I mean, he turns on his uh, relevant powers. The wings go away, but he has his Colossus Metal, and he's got Colossus Metal bone claws, and they're fighting, and Wolverine is cutting into him with the adamantium. Yep. And basically, yeah, he now has to stay in the Colossus Metal form, otherwise he's going to bleed out. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but he does knock out Wolverine. And meanwhile, we did a really weird transition to Mariko in a really bad swimsuit. Yeah. that makes no sense. And uh, Morph is bringing up, oh, you know, in most of these universes, you hooked up with Wolverine. She's like, oh, uh, that's weird. Why did you bring that up? Like, because... Eh. Yeah, they're they're. Costume design too. If I think about it, this is also like still at the tail end of the nineties, where like mainstream comic illustration was not exactly the greatest choices in the world. Oh, you mean like that famous uh, four cutout uh, Susan Storm costume? Yeah. Well, there's that one. There's also the super duper creepy, overly muscular Captain America of him, like turned to the side. Yeah, Where just looks like, like we just, just looks like, like a refrigerator. This is before you started to have a really good rebirth of costume design. Yeah, and, yeah and and Shortly stuff. afterwards, too, from here we had the George Perez redo of Scarlet Witch's costume, which I absolutely hate. Yeah, we'll we'll get more into that in a bit, but uh, uh we also get a moment of Nocturne and Thunderbird talking about how in her own universe Nocturne was in love with. Thunderbird's brother, the second Thunderbird, James Proudstar. Or no, John. Pr- whatever Proudstar this one is. not Yeah. John Proudstar is the current one that we have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. James, the one who did more in death than he ever did in life. Mm hmm. R.I.P. And uh, yeah. Uh, Calvin uh, Mimic does finally knock out Gene Gray and. We learned that he also loved her because there was only one woman on the X Men. Me and Wolverine. He knocks out Wolverine. Yeah, Calv- mimic knocks out Wolverine. and agree. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Why didn't they? Why didn't they assault her? Well, I guess they thought that the X Men would be able to finish the job. Probably. Yeah, they didn't want this blood on their hands. But. uh... Yeah, Uh, Mimic has knocked out Wolverine, and we open up the next issue with Wolverine in the hospital. And that's when you turn out, where Charles is trying to scan his mind, trying to figure out what happened. Can't do it. Turns out, Nocturne's hiding in his body. Mm -hmm. And it's this really weird moment, because if you actually had read uh, the original Trial of the Phoenix, this time was when... Uh, nightcrawler and Wolverine did a lot of solidification of their friendship mm-hmm. and they talked about life and death and life death and faith uh, instead we get to hear about Nocturne discussing her powers like her hex bolts, which aren't really hex bolts; they are uh, tiny portals into uh, the Banff zone yeah and uh, it was cool and all except for my only thing with that was I thought that that was Use similar powers of blinks. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of teleportation, but they throw them, rather. hmm And, uh, we also find out that Nocturne got her name when she first manifested her power, and that's one of those weird things to imagine, like, how you'd first manifest. Because her she possesses people was her first yeah. power, yeah. Yeah. Was she, like, making out with someone she just fell into them? Or just, like, walking down the hallway to the Jean Grey School? I guess it would have been still another Charles Xavier's pulled that time, just ripped into him. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> oh, I'm <that> possessed. <was laughs> <an> <laughs> My legs! That's the thing uh, is, she possessed Charles, could she get his legs back? Uh, It depends on what period of time this was, yeah. and whether it was purely a psychological thing or actual physical issues. Yeah. And okay, <laughs> the demon broke his back, and that's why he can- well, and now I'm just having flashbacks of uh, the first time that the X-Men fought Black Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut where uh, Nightcrawler used his image inducer to look like Charles Xavier. And he was like, hey, you can't catch me, Juggernaut. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> comics! comics. Uh, and we also get the moment where everybody is shipping uh, Nightcrawler and Scarlet Witch. Because it's like, oh, hey, they both had really bad mutants parents, and uh, they're both Romani, even though they use the word gypsy, which is problematic. And uh, yeah, this leads into them really being one of those great couples that never happened. It happened in our hearts, and in the Wolverine X-Men television series, which was really great, which was always sad, never got a second season. There is this really great comic, uh, Waiting for the Trade. Uh, It's up on uh, Tumblr where uh, she ends up, uh, where Nocturne ends up talking to uh, Wiccan and I forget what, uh, the Speedy. It's actually just Speedy. speedy. Uh, Yeah, she's like, yeah, this is what you would look like if your dad had been Nightcrawler as well. They're just both really excited. She has to explain how the terror attracts, but Speed is just... Super excited about being blue and furry and super acrobatic. Waiting for the tea. It's a good podcast. Yeah, it's a good comic. comic. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're in the freaking vision. Yeah, I, I don't I want sure to... never made any sense. It was just like, well, let's talk for a second, Wanda. How would you have ever gotten pregnant in the first place? Demon hand babies. I mean that. I mean that's what she ended up like accepting. But it's just like makes no goddamn sense. Like, she wants really, a baby. You should have questioned. It. She wants a baby so much that she rewrites reality. Hey, everyone else, why did you not question this? Up? How did that robot get a woman pregnant? You'll believe a robot can impregnate a woman and then cry. <laughs> Vision, (laughs) I hope that you're somewhat redeemed in Avengers 2. God, it was one of my favorite moments at the ending of Avengers Children's Crusade when Iron Lizer breaks Vision in half. One punch. That wasn't the original Vision. That was Young Vision. I hated Vision. Teeny Vision Vision was the worst, guys. But he was an MP3 player. Yeah. Uh, But I still hated him. mm But anyways, now that they've taken care of all of their emotional issues, the team discussed the plan, and apparently all of them have studied the Battle of the Phoenix, and so they know how to, uh, who they need to knock out, where they need to run into people, and, and like, they knock out the, uh, Kree and the Scroll judges who are just going to watch the fight for some reason. Yeah, that did make, which actually did make any sense, was like, why are you knocking out the two people who are not going to get involved at all? Yeah, it, it raises questions, but uh, they're able to take him down, and the fight between Nocturne and Nightcrawler is really great, mm-hmm. because if you had read comics at the time, Nightcrawler was not the really great fighter to who he was, and he didn't have the endurance, and uh, Nocturne, since she grew up as Nightcrawler's child, she got used to his teleportation really fast. Well, she was basically, she gave yeah. her piggyback rides. Yeah, which... Through Banff zone. Did that mean that there were, like, the first few times you'd just teleport her around to build up the endurance and she'd just pass out? And That's becomes, what I felt like it was when she was talking about that. It's yeah. like, at first you're a terrible father, Brother. and then <laughs> you're the best father! Which, I'll accept that for Kurt. With Curtis just like if the baby's crying too much and just getting on his nerve. Bam hey, sweetie, Let's go back for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Uh, oh, baby's going to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. But, uh, she piggybacks onto Nightcrawler and knows that Nightcrawler is going to try and teleport away, but she's got a better endurance for this, and so Nightcrawler ends up passing out, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Meanwhile, the X-Men or the Phoenix has started to manifest, and Scott's like, Wait, what's going on? I have to stop you. And Phoenix is like, Nope, dead. And uh, Storm and Colossus show up, and she's like, I thought you were going to make thunder sound effect. Oh, am I supposed to make thunder sound effect? Give me the line again, Luke. Okay. And then uh, Colossus and Storm shows up, and she's like, <sighs> and they're dead. Yep. And uh, the Exiles had been like, oh, you know what? This is going to be easy. We just need to set up the bomb, and the X-Men will kill her. And no, she's wiping out the X-Men left and right. Yep. And uh, so Calv- or, uh, Mimic ends up copying her powers, and uh, all the Exiles are starting to get into this fight except for Morph. Because, uh, Wolverine shows up and he's like, Guess who, soldier boy? Oh, Please don't kill me, Mr. Wolverine, sir. Because Mariko's right there. And you and love her. Wolverine's just like, Okay. Did that happen by that point, though? What? That whole Wolverine run. That's um, one thing I was a little confused by. Like, I don't think that happened until... I know they had gone to Japan because they fought Moses Magnum. Yeah. Because uh, that was when uh, Magneto, that was after Magneto's base had uh, fallen in and the two parties got split up. True. Uh, no, I guess he hadn't met Mariko yet. So. Like, he might have met her, but yeah, like, it wasn't the romance mm-hmm. that we think of. But yeah, so that one I thought was a little, I know it was, like, real soon after that. Probably. Yeah. Um... But uh, they explain everything, and Wolverine's like, guess I gotta put her down. And the rest of the team is keeping her in check, but her powers are growing. And uh, then we have the great entrance of Wolverine, Death Machine. Basically, we have the newest version of the Fastball special, which is Angel holding Wolverine, trying to flash- fly as fast as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blink opens a portal to help build up that uh, momentum like she did in Days of Future Past. With Colossus, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. not before we have both Wolverine and Angel talk about how much they love Gene again. Everybody loves Gene except for people who can write. Yes. Yeah. Well, up until like this point, I mean, she got yeah. a definition. Within she yeah, I mean, as much as I love, well, I shouldn't know, as good as the early Stanley ones are, and I love that man, but still, it was kind of just like a yeah. blank slate. I kind of would have loved to imagine what it would have been like. If Jack Kirby had written Jean Gray. Yeah. What if Jean Grey was the big part of the Marvel universe? That'd be cool. Yeah. Not she enough. is a new god. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like Janice's depiction of her though, all the yeah, men. She's gotten better definition recently. But uh yeah. She does love th- her still then too, because even Miles Morales <laughs> is now in love with her. <laughs> yes. But uh they portal through and Wolverine stabs her, and she explodes in a big, fiery phoenix blast, killing Wolverine and Angel. Presumably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, would it kill Wolverine? Would he come back eventually? Uh, his healing power wasn't up to the point that it is now. True. So well, correction, it was, because now he's dead. Spoiler alert. Oh. And, uh, because their job is done, and all the X-Men except for Nightcrawler and the Professor are there... The yeah, X-I blink out. Yes, Cable probably still be alive, too. Man, what a great. Oh, so basically, the X-Men become Excalibur with Charles Xavier. And they are hopping through alternate universes, and I guess you'd go out and recruit the new mutants a lot faster. I think they would have been recruited by that point. No, no. Because oh, no it was them right after, yeah. Yeah, because that's the uh, Brood Saga. Yeah. Where he recruits them because he's been infected. Yeah. It would be right after, yeah. that, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you'd have a really different X-Men team. But uh, next time on The Exiles, which is going to be in three episodes, we'll have Hulk hunting in Canada and the famous Nuff Set issue. Nuff mm-hmm. Uh, But now, getting on... Well, let's talk about what we think would happen in this universe now. Or afterwards. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got X-Men where it is. Nightcrawler and a professor and Kitty Pride. Basically they'd be publishing giant Size X-Men number two because, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> Charles has to recruit another group of X-Men. I'm trying to think of what X-Men he could recruit. Because, so uh, I think mean, he'd have to give the new mutants basically. Except that some of them wouldn't have uh, manifested yet. I We could have on multiple men, yep. because he was uh, hanging out. And maybe the professor would go for Mimic. Yeah, of that universe. I mean, we've seen how important mimic is to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now with the Exiles universe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and maybe like one or two members of the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah, would you read this new mutant or this new uh, X Men comic? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I probably would. I mean, I mean, again, basically, basically, become like Excalibur. Ooh, or what if they end up joining Corsair as the new Star Jammers? That'd be cool. actually that'd be cool. Yeah. Star be yeah, the new style jams. Yeah, Corsair would probably. Actually, that's actually kind of the thing that would well, I would. Oh. change, because Charles in the original league, leaves the team and keeps flying around the universe in Polaris. Mm-hmm. Well, you could also have Havoc and Polaris drawn on the team. Because mm-hmm. you need a Summers on the team all the time. Oh, right? of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I'd, I'd be interested in this kind Yeah, it'd be a cool one. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of like a. Precursor, Precursor, X Factor with a slightly different team. Yep. Yeah. Except no Jean Grey, for sure. Yep. And all of Mr. Sinister's plans would be fucked up. Oh. Yep. Like, oh, you can't really make a Madeline Pryor to get a uh, Cyclops DNA, so I guess Madeline Pryor would try hitting on Havoc. And yeah, he's like, but I'm totally into Polaris, so... Mm-hmm. And then Polaris turns evil. Yeah. Because that's one of the two things that she does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Uh The other
1: only other thing I can think of, there's a chance
0: that they could just end up, like, getting merged into the uh, Avengers. And they would have the tie-in connection with Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. And this was before Beans really got hated and feared. Yeah. Because Beast would have still been around, too, because he didn't go to the trial, either. Yeah. So, so, I mean, especially if Charles stays up with the Shi'ars... Kitty would... Well, actually, that's actually the one big thing, is Kitty then could be potentially, like, absorbed by Emma Frostman. Yeah, because, I mean, she was gunning, and... Dazzler could join the team! Yeah. Huh. But, yeah, like, the Hellfire Club would be a lot bigger of a threat, because, I mean, they were left into pieces, but they'd be more easily recruited. I'd be interested in this alternate... I'd be interested in this alternate uh Yeah, I'd be, be interested in this alternate universe, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But speaking of alternate universes, we got in a question from Nick. Nick from our Agents of Atlas game and from our regular Hangouts. Yeah. And you know what I like about Nick? He actually submits a question. And he also comments on the podcast, because commenting on the podcast helps us to make this podcast better. Yep. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. You are a true American hero. A true multiversal hero, in fact. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you keep sending in questions, you get to become a multiversal constant. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, next question is, have there ever been any universes where Peter Parker was actually raised by his parents? I don't think so. No, I mean, I looked this up, and it's never really been covered. Part of it comes from Peter Parker's parents being retconned a few times from being scientists to being S.H.I.E.L.D. agents.
1: And Let's talk about how
0: stupid that was. There was a whole retcon with Peter Parker's parents being uh, scientists and then secret agents, and, and. Then they turned out to be secret robots planted by the Red Skull to draft Peter Parker insane. For reasons. That always made no sense. It was like, why does the Red Skull give a shit about Spider Man now? Well, yeah, I think I'd read up about that in my research. But yeah, I mean, we haven't really seen if they would be good parents except in that trouble. Which is no longer canon. Nope. <laughs> We're kind of getting a cheat from what they called that, the original graphic novel, where we find out Peter Parker actually has a sister. Which has not been brought back up since. Which well, probably shouldn't be. As much as I enjoy those original graphic novels, that one was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and not a lot really happened. No. Nothing of any consequence. It should have been longer. It should be like an eight issue miniseries. Mm hmm. Or an actual arc of the comics. Or that, too. Uh, Yeah, uh... What do we know about his parents? I mean, they're scientists, super spies. Well, according to the movies I saw... His dad is really (laughs) shitty at hide-and-seek. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he can fight people on a plane. Well, they were SHIELD agents, though, so, I mean, once he got bitten, I'm... Do we think that his parents would have turned him over to S.H.I.E.L.D. and we would have gotten sort yes. of Ultimate Spider-Man, the TV show? Yeah. And then I guess if he is an actual, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in training, then uh, the Daily Bugle would be less afraid. and hmm I, I want... what, what terrible world would we want to live in where J. Jonah Jameson is not a staple of the book? Because I love that man. I want oh, him to get yeah. his own ongoing series. I love the J-Man as well, but we're talking about a universe where Spider-Man is a secret agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. taking down criminals and... he probably hate the mutants, Then He has to hate something. He hates the Russians. Yep. He just really I hates... I'm always impressed by, like, Jameson and his hate. He never actually ever goes after the mutants. Well, no, I mean, that's too close to racism for him. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's not. Jameson's actually a pretty stand up guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for his hatred of Spider Man. Yeah, but even then. That I just mean, causes judgment because. He gets some money. Yeah, and because he thinks it's like a personal attack against his son. Which, I mean, it does keep on looking like that yeah. again and again and again. Well, and on his wife, and on everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Secret, or super spy, Spider-Man is uh, how you think that would end up. Yep. And now... And then he'll break the fourth wall. mm Mm-hmm. And now that we have discussed that, let's open up Trials of the Multiverse. Okay. So, where are we going to put... Uh, the X-Men list, X-Men, Post-Trial of the Phoenix of 8649. Let's I mean, read over some of our options right now. What do we got? Okay. Some highlights. Our number one spot is What if the Avengers formed in the 1950s? Damn straight. This is followed by What if the Avengers fought Galactus? Followed by uh, Justice League, The Nail, and Another Nail. And then Identity Wars. What if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Minimum Carnage Microverse. Uh, what if Keith Richards led the Fantastic Four? Uh Earth 1815. Earth 27. Uh, which is Magnus's universe. And then what if Wolverine was the worst uh, there is at what he does? I'd probably put it right after I did any wars. Yeah, I I I would be interested in seeing how this goes. That in the five spot. Not so. to be confused with the cd oh two five five spot, where they count down the top five songs of the day. Mm-hmm. So Earth-8649 is in five spot. And where are we going to put Peter Parker, secret spy agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Would he be spy dear man yes. yes. Wait, would he... Be... Even though that's basically how the Russians pronounce his name. Would he, like, hook up with Jessica Drew or, like, the Black Widow and, like, all, everyone who he dates has that spider theme? Probably. Ooh. And then, I was like, going to say, actually, he and Black Widow would probably actually be a decent couple once he, because, like, he would probably grow up differently so he mm-hmm. wouldn't have the snarkiness and, like, mm-hmm. the jokes. Mm-hmm. As a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, he would probably be more serious. So I feel like, actually, yeah, he would probably do pretty well for himself there. Ooh. And, like, uh, whoever was in charge of that group of, like, super spies, he could be the webmaster. Oh, God damn you, Luke. <laughs> but, yeah, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was rereading uh, The Grim Hunt, and that's how the Kravinoff family pronounced his name. I, I like the idea of Spider-Man, but I'm not sure how much I like it. I, I, I don't like it. like it that much. The problem is that we still got a mostly top-heavy list. It's going towards the bottom. Can we put it, uh, just under Keith Richards yes. leading the Fantastic Yeah, it's like the exact same thing. Sorry, right, Nick. Hey, for our first, uh, fan-made universe, I think we did really well. Do you think Spider-Man would survive Spider-Verse? Yeah, um, yeah, I would say so. Because, mm-hmm. one he'd be willing to kill them. yeah. As an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. plus he'd also have the training to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think he would. Would you read a Spider Man ongoing? No. 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 I would give him a mini series. Okay. Mini series for sure. Ongoing, don't think I would do it. Or I guess it would depend. How mm-hmm. good how good is this initial mini series that I have now created? Okay. Dan lot, get on it. So. Earth eighty six forty nine is in our five spot. five spot and Spider Man is in spot number nine. And uh next week on the podcast we are going to be discussing What are we discussing next week? What if issue and it's your choice. Oh oh <laughs> next week is the trouble Oh wait, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're doing the what if first, aren't we? Yes. So, next week on... Next week (laughs) on multiverse, Next week on Multiversal Q, we are going to start our Age of the Ultron two-parter with what if Age of Ultron. Because we want to tie into the movie so that you guys might listen to us more. Yeah, that's how we get those keywords in. Keywords! So we'll be discussing the five-part, highly separated what if Age of Ultron. Yes. So, join us then. Uh, Multiversal Q can be found several spots online. We are on Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Just look for Multiversal Q. There is no space in the name. We are also Multiversal Q at... Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Gmail. We're mm-hmm. Q at gmail.com. And we're on Podcast and Stitcher. Stitcher, because they specifically want us to mention their name. Yep. You can also find us personally. I am at fredofett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And I am Coltrade, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And this has been Multiversal Q. Mm-hmm. Your guide to the multiverse. Now on podcast form. Bing!